Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, welcome to the end of the regular season. It has been a grind. It has been a haul, but we have made it against all odds and against our boss's better wishes. We made it all the way to the finish line. And not only is today, obviously... Uh, a a recap season uh, episode that we are going to have today, but a special episode on top of that. As Chris, this is episode one zero zero for the two of us. That's right, a century mark for Chris and Kyle as we are doing the pod. Which is, who would have thought a hundred episodes ago we'd still be sitting here uh, spewing our nonsense into a microphone? Uh, the Paul Rudd, not us, gif. That that is absolutely. Uh, <laughs> applicable no it's it's great it's it's fun and uh you know what colin let's talk about some history that just happened about five minutes before we yes, started it did. recording let's talk well let's talk about all of it right now as aaron judge finally after painstaking weeks it feels like <laughs> months it feels like oh my to gosh, get to this long. point aaron judge number 62 over the fence this is as a Yankee fan, this has been the thing that I've been looking forward to all year since suddenly this became like a thought in the far off distance that I might actually get a chance to see. Sure. I never genuinely thought I'd see another 60 home run season, maybe ever again in the post steroid year, especially Same. considering in a non steroid year, we weren't, we were very rarely close to even yeah. getting close to this number. And the fact that we are here is just incredible. Um, the last two weeks have been a little, Jarring, I'm sure, not only for every Yankee fan, but I can only imagine what it's been like in Aaron Judge's head. Sure. But especially with everyone throwing him nothing but sliders outside <laughs> in the hopes that he would just roll <laughs> over on one. So sure. finally gets the home run. Um, could not be happier for Aaron Judge. Could not be happier for the Yankee franchise. Could not be happier for everyone surrounding this. And also, as a Yankee fan, I could not be happier that this is finally off of his back because I've got number 28 to look forward to. As every Yankee fan knows, it is only about World Series championships. And the fact that this is finally off of his back 
He's got to be like 10 pounds lighter right now. Well, it's Aaron Judge, so at least 50 pounds lighter. Yeah, yeah, and, I was going to say. There's a lot and, of back there to carry. Yeah, 50 pounds lighter at least with Aaron Judge as we get into the postseason. I wanted this off of his mind, and now yeah. it finally is. So congratulations to Aaron Judge. This has been a truly incredible season. I'm so glad I was finally able to see it. Yeah, and it, no matter what you think about, like – the numbers above him, the numbers below him. There's no doubt that, and Colin and I kind of talked about this before we started recording, setting the all-time record for the New York Yankees in home runs is a big deal. It's it's mm-hmm. different than other franchises. This is not, you know, all due respect to my Seattle Mariners, like hitting the 57th home run for the Seattle Mariners is not the same thing as hitting the 62nd home run for the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I mean, I jokingly told Colin before that it's something like 20% of Hall of Famers are New York Yankees. I don't think it's actually that high, but I don't think I'm that off. It's not far off. There are a lot of legendary players, and he just did something that no New York Yankee has ever done before and no one in the American League has done before. Before you even ask me, Colin, no. Aaron Judge is not the all-time home run record holder for a single season. He is not – Anywhere close to the all-time home run record for the all-time season. Unfortunately, I agree. But but it's still awesome. It's still yep. something that Aaron Judge, and especially you can't help but go back to the fact that the Yankees were negotiating this guy's contract in the public, basically trying to make this guy feel bad for turning down the money that he did. And all he did was have one of the greatest offensive seasons of this century and a lot of others too. Well, there's yeah. two centuries that we've really been playing, but it's still, I mean, if you want to get technical, it's yeah. three centuries. We got yeah, a couple yeah, in the yeah. late 1800s in there. Yeah. So the, 30, in the 33% <laughs> in the 33rd percentile of centuries, this is pretty darn good. No, it's, it's great to see. And I think it's also big for judge, I think, because, because the Yankees clinched that by, Mm-hmm. there was going to be an awful lot of days with him thinking about not setting that record. Yep. If he wouldn't have hit the home run as we're recording on Tuesday night, or if he wouldn't have hit it on Wednesday, you're talking about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday with no baseball games mm-hmm. and him thinking, man, I just had to hit one and I couldn't yep. do it. I now I think Aaron judge's confidence is never mm-hmm. really going to be a true issue. Um, I think, the fact that he turned down the contract that he did tells you mm-hmm. that Aaron Judge's contra- confidence is never going to be an issue. But he's a human being. And yeah. thinking about the fact that he wouldn't have set that record, I think would get to anybody. But he did. And congratulations to Aaron Judge. Truly one of the most amazing seasons and one of the most amazing offensive fantasy seasons that I've ever seen. Especially in a world where offense overall has been slightly depressed. This sure, year. sure. Like the idea that if you were to say any year that he could possibly do it, it wasn't the 2019, you know, like bouncy ball that essentially existed out there where everyone was hitting 35 plus home runs. Like it was this year where we were talking about like a deaded ball that maybe isn't quite carrying. We talked into the intro part of the season, like, for certain players, it's going to lose like 10 feet off of their swing. And that 10 feet is going to mean to a lot less home runs. Sure. Well, guess what? Aaron Judge is too damn big to do all of that. He is going to be just fine. 62 yes. in the books. Yeah, Like you said, for the history that the Yankees have, it's, it's, it's really impressive to get to this point. 61 years after 61. It just, it all... In classic Yankee fashion, it just rounds out and feels right. And yeah. it is... Uh, 
it's 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 special to watch what this season has been. So again, congratulations to our boy. But we hey, have an I entire season that to discuss just today. happened that was pretty interesting today What's too. That? So just after we were talking about that, the Mets became the first team to do so. Well, it happened up once this year, but it doesn't happen very often. They hit three straight home runs to start a game today. That start is, a game without Marte yeah, in there. Yeah, that's right. That it was done also by the Twins on uh, six nine two twenty two. Nice, um, but it is not something that is accomplished very often. So yeah, in New York is having who a was nice pitching little, against uh, them. Um, somebody on the Nationals, so it doesn't count. It, so it doesn't it, matter. It, so it doesn't like, matter. So yeah, it doesn't Roger matter. Roger Maris yes. Sr. is going out and saying <laughs> it doesn't count right now. That because of that, I was uh, thinking that about time Roger Maris Jr. finally gets to go home. Yeah, the Yankees have been time. basically shipping him yeah. like he's the twenty seventh man on that roster for, yes. for like the last two weeks while he's been there for 60, 61, and 62. Finally, Roger Maris Jr. gets to go home. And you know what Roger him. Maris Jr. is? <laughs> he is that annoying political ad that you've been seeing right now from the guy who has no chance of winning right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly where Roger Maris Jr. You're is. like, oh, God, it's, I see him again? Again? Yeah, ha- have, a, have a great again? life, buddy, but I really hope I Ugh. never hear your name ever again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it'll be like uh, in a couple of years, we'll start hearing his name again. Like, oh, God, is it is it, is it election <laughs> season again? Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. So like I said, coming up on the show today, it is the end of the regular season. So we are going to hand out our regular season awards right here, um, as well as recapping some of our favorite memories from the season. Guess what? Mine, One of mine just happened to me. So... <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. Contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. There's also a hundred grand, hundred G's up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bengals and Ravens in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And that is a tasty little matchup on Sunday Mm -hmm. night. So Mm -hmm. I am very much looking forward to locking in for that. Go grab an opportunity for that hundred grand by downloading the Sunday Night 7 contest. So let's get to some of those end-of-season awards now. And again... For two people like you and I who have the season started, you know, far months earlier, we had spring trainings before their spring trainings to get ready for this season. 
And before we get to all of the awards, let's just talk about where we've been from a season. This season started with a lockout. And I feel like that feels so long ago, but it should be mentioned that the season was very much a question mark more than any season since 94. When we are talking about like, was the season going to start? When was it going to start? Were we going to get 162 games? And what was this season going to look like? What was the, the landscape going to be? You and I did an emergency podcast back in what early March when we were about to do this, when all of a sudden we looked down at our phones and agreements are made and let's, let's hop on a pod. But yeah. it just, it's, it's pretty amazing to think that when we started this process, we were doing our rankings and stuff in January, February, all in the hopes that a season would start at some point. We have five, we, we have made it all the way through the regular season and we played 162 and I'm not sure I would have bet on that back in January, February, when things looked icy cold. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, I I was all but sure that we would have Mm -hmm. a shortened season. And, you know, it took basically everything going right and also took just the fact that uh, owners really like money. They really, really, really like money. And the the best way to get that money is to play a full season. No, I I mean, it was a fun season, too. It was Mm -hmm. um, a season that, you know, there were some really bad baseball teams, but it feels like not as much as 2021. Like I agree it with doesn't that. feel, it doesn't feel that. quite as uh, top bottom heavy. Now, you know, there were teams certainly like the nationals and uh, I think the pirates were very fortunate to get to 61 wins. If I'm, I'm being completely I'm pretty sure I lost there. a bet somewhere yeah, it's, because of that. And, by the way. Thank you for you that know, backdoor. Uncovered. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, there's yeah, <laughs> multiple <laughs> teams that have, Uh, run differentials below 200, but there were some really solid baseball teams. And we also saw, and we'll all talk about this a little bit later with my favorite moment. We saw talk about it now. Come on. The the two longest uh, postseason streaks in baseball come to an end. And both of those were over 10 years. One Mm -hmm. of them significately over 10 years. Literally double the others. Literally double. So (laughs) that's going to be fun. And, you know, I'm just kind of surprised to like, the American League, like mm-hmm. last year, we got four teams winning 90 baseball games in the American yeah. League. And, you know, we're going to get – we will only get two for sure this year. But we're going to maybe get four in like the 85 win range if Baltimore can end hot. Nope, they can't. They The best they could do is 84 and 78. I'm just really surprised yeah. by like the fact that 86 and 87 wins are not only going to be enough to get into the postseason, even with this extra wild card but enough to do it substantially. Like they're going mm-hmm. to get in easily with those amounts. Uh, yeah. It was just a really surprising year. We've got the judge year. We've got years like Alcantara. We've got a quality start streak that was unbelievable that we yep. probably under talked about, especially in today's we- day and age where starters just don't go deep mm-hmm. into ball games to get that many quality starts in a row for Fran Valdez. It was a good year. It was a weird year, but ultimately I'm just glad it was a year that we got completion. It was yep. a, we it ultimately, it started late and there were a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> it is so weird to me that the Seattle Mariners are playing a double header today. Um, that was scheduled. It wasn't a makeup thing. It mm-hmm. was actually scheduled to be played on October 3rd. But if that's what it took to get a full 162 games, so be it. And, and I'm super excited. Even with a watered down playoffs, I'm excited for these postseasons. 
and we also, I mean, let's mention Pujols here in this conversation. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This. Did I mean, we're only talking first ballot Hall of Famer somehow pulling back the time and hitting, what, 25 home runs somewhere around there? I, I lost track of the last thing. He just hit 703 the other last night. I mean, just a, a season where I remember Drew, our resident St. Louis fan, yeah. at the, in, our, in our preseason showcase with all four of us. Yeah. Talking about how he was like, look, I asked him about Pujols being signed with the Cardinals. He goes, I don't love signing nostalgia. Like, I really want to win this year. And Pujols is just a piece of nostalgia that we're going to put on this team. And boy, was that wrong because he turned into a valuable member of a team that wins the Central. And you know what? Who knows if this is the same team if Pujols is not on it, especially for the second half of the year. It's just, It's it's astounding the difference that he was able to roll back the clock and have truly one last. And this is the thing that gets you emotional about sports. Like this is, this is him having one last season in the sun with his team. And with that, with that Jersey that he's going to retire in, he gets that moment, he gets an opportunity and he takes such an advantage of it that he's able to break all the, to break 700, to break all the rest of those records and get it there. This, you can't draw up a storyline any better than that. You absolutely can't. And to be fair to Drubert, who I love to make fun of as much as possible. Of course. um, He literally just a spoiler alert. We're doing a show. He got the format of what we're doing on Thursday completely (laughs) wrong. Like it's very hilarious to me. But Drew was not wrong about the Albert Pujols side. No. There is no way in Hades that you can tell me that the Cardinals were counting on Albert Pujols to have an 895 OPS. They shouldn't have. <laughs> that's what makes baseball the best. Yep. Because it's fun to be wrong. If it mm-hmm. was, if it was, if we were right about everything, do you know how boring the sport would be yep. to have six months of just like well, this is going to happen for this team. I say it's going to happen for this team. That that would suck out loud and we would not have, it would not be an interesting show whatsoever. And sure. There were some, I I knew the Dodgers were going to be really good because everybody knew the Dodgers were going to be really good. And they won 110 games, but stuff like Albert Pujols is what makes this. You don't see this in football and basketball. Every once in a while, there's something Mm -hmm. weird that happens with like a football team that, discovers like uh, a, a power eye trap play that just can't be stopped. And somehow they go from winning three games to 11 games or a quarterback that we just didn't think was going to be good or a, a basketball team, a player makes a massive jump in his ability to shoot three pointers and he becomes so much better, but very rarely does it affect how the team plays. Yeah. The St. Louis Cardinals do not win this division without Albert Pujols. They I agree. Don't. They absolutely don't. And part of it is the play and he, there's very little evidence behind this and this is me being anti-analytical for one of the very few times there was something about him being added to that team with Wainwright and Molina yeah that I think just clicked and Mm -hmm. that's awesome it is the unquantifiable while frustrating and analytic people are right to dismiss it because they if they try to put a um a proof of concept to that it's not going to work they're right Mm -hmm. to dismiss it but the fact that it happens, and that's what makes sports, and particularly baseball, such a gosh damn beautiful thing. Yep. Could not agree more. Preached to literally all of that. There's something about it's rare that you have a moment in any sport where kind of reaching where you have like that beautiful balance between trying to like 
be nostalgia and trying to live like the good old days and well have said. all of that stuff while well also said. at the same time being super competitive and living yeah. up to the moment in that spot. And the Cardinals found a phenomenal way of just driving that line this entire year with sure. all three of those players that you mentioned. And how weird is it? And I don't want to, because they're in the postseason, the season's yeah. not over. I don't want to start writing, you know, obituaries. <laughs> yeah. Just yet. Yeah. How yeah. weird is that team going to look next year? Oh, it's all be so three of those guys are not going to be on it. It's going to look end of, I mean, I don't want to Yankees this up, but it's going to feel very end of like core four Yankees. Of just yeah. like, wait, sure. Rivera's not closing out games anymore. And Jeter's yeah. not playing short. Like it's going to be very weird when it's not like Wainwright to Yachty with Pujols ready to belt one. Like it's just yeah. going to feel weird. I will say, I know that it's not guaranteed. First of all, if I was Albert Pujols, I would be coming back next year. I would be coming back to be a part-time DH, and I would just see if I can be uh, hit another 25 home runs and see could if you, I can, can get into that. Again? Can you think he's going to hit 25 home runs again? That'd be enough. Based, based on what I saw I mean, this fair year, point, he's, yeah, just, I mean, he's on a heater. Is his, like, yeah. his bat speed improved so much this year. And some mm-hmm. of that, I think, has to do with the fact that there was less pressure and, and yada, yada, yada. But I will say this. I do think Wainwright's coming back this year. I think Wainwright has pitched really, really well. And I three think played great. They it's have. Not, it's, I, not, I it's, mean, not question of, it's not a question of ability that, anymore. The, it's just strictly fact, like, yeah. you want to ride this all over again? Sure. The fact that Molina has already taken, which by the way, got didn't got really underreported, taking the managerial job for Team Puerto Rico to me yeah, is love just that. kind of the just kind of the sign that that's not gonna happen. But you're right, it is going when those guys are away. It's funny to say because Pujols has been away from St. Louis for over 10 years. <laughs> but it just looks so much more right. It's not like the Angels uh color scheme is so different from the uh from the Cardinals that it's like was so weird or jarring to the eyes. Yeah. But there's something about that STL logo Mm -hmm. on his head. And um, it might be the pizza, man. It just might be that crappy, crappy pizza. (laughs) Yes. That's it. All he needed was a little Prevella cheese. (laughs) Are we sure? I mean, it's not technically cheese. So are we sure there's like no performance enhancing anything in that quote cheese? Like, I just want to make sure like, has anyone tested it? That's all I'm asking. Has there's something, there's something performance about it. I don't know if it's enhancing though. Uh, <laughs> yes, there you go. There's it's it's there's a performance issue there. Yes. Um, all right, let's get to some fantasy. Let's get to some fantasy awards here. Let's start with a fantasy MVP. Oh, this is be I, a Chris, tough I can't one. imagine that you give me a different oh. answer than this. Um, and that is Mr. Aaron, middle name redacted judge. Yeah. Uh, and these are numbers. All right. So he's got a 310 average. That number at least jumps up to 311 or 312 as I'm speaking right now. 62 home runs, 131 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, an OPS over 1.1. Just absolutely astounding numbers. Like we've said, we won't hang, we won't harp on him for too long because we already did for a little bit in the show. Yes. But a truly top like like a top 10 season offensively all time bar none. Yeah. And in a world where Look, fantasy MVP wise, if you were in a points league, even as good as like if you were in the ESPN league and Otani counts as two players, like Otani is the fantasy MVP and it will be impossible to ever beat him for obvious reasons. But if in a overall like real life MVP standpoint, Otani is having such an incredible year, you need to have literally a historic upon historic year to potentially wrestle away an MVP award from him. 
And that's what Aaron Judge did. And it's yeah. just incredibly impressive to see what he's done. Um, I mean, I, I would have no problem if you chose Judge or Otani, but boy, Aaron Judge this year, for where you got him, he was a third-round pick in most leagues. Like, yeah. this is this is astounding value for what you got. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. If And again, we're going by Yahoo stuff. If Shohei yep. Otani was two... Uh, is was one separate thing that I don't think anyone is ever topping him for fantasy ever. MVP. It's just not from possible. fantasy standpoint. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. So, but because that's not the way they do it, uh, and we respect the way that they do it, Aaron Judge, and it's it's not mm-hmm. close. Like he has provided homers, RBIs, average stolen bases. Like uh, the only thing he didn't do was pitch, and that's the reason why <laughs> Shohei <laughs> Otani is such a special thing. But literally, like one of the truly great fantasy seasons um, in a Yahoo league or a league where Shohei Otani is two different things. It's like as not close as it could possibly be. Yep. All right. Give me your fantasy Cy Young then. So this one's a little closer. And if you go by Yahoo rankings, this is not the number one pitcher. Um, Justin Verlander is the number one pitcher. He Mm -hmm. is ranked fifth overall, an incredible year, but I'm giving it to Sandy Alcantara because of the fact that he made more starts got you more innings, and got you a bunch more quality starts. Yeah. And again, Justin Verlander was fantastic. And if we did a fantasy comeback player of the year, I don't think this is even close. Like it's, no, that's it's, literally it's, it's, end of yeah. conversation. I didn't even so, bother making that a no, category. Yeah, absolutely. Because, oh, absolutely. Talking about yeah. Yeah. It would be a weird comeback to, <laughs> category to talk about too anyway. But yeah, to me it's all contrary just because he was consistently dominant through the entire season. All due respect to Justin Verlander. All due respect to Alec Manoa, um, some other guys who absolutely deserve to be in this conversation. But consistency matters in fantasy baseball, especially from pitching. And so I think you have to go with Alcantara. I agree with you there. It's Alcantara for me as well. Look, 228 and two-thirds innings. And it could have been more. And it should have been more. I mean, he didn't pitch this. He, he, He They skipped him in his final start, which would have been tonight. Right. Um, so he would have had at least another four, five, six plus innings there. What gets me for Alcantara here, six complete games. Yeah. Six complete games. This is a pitcher that does not exist anymore in today's no. world where they go eight innings and say, I want the ball for the final three. Alcantara basically had to slap Mattingly in the face to say, like, don't you dare take me out of these games. <laughs> yeah. We, we saw at least two games where Mattingly came out to the mound in the ninth inning. And Alcantara was like, you get the hell back into the dugout. Like that's sure. how this is going to work. So I mean, he was a special player this year. Look, yep. nothing against Verlander. He's going to win. I think, I think he will win AL Cy Young. I don't think it's him. a doubt now. That, I, I mean, think between that, him, Cease, um, and McClanahan has fallen off a little bit. Yeah. But and Cease had him a and couple Cease of bad starts one. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, and again, the idea that coming 39 years old, coming off of Tommy John, and doing what he's doing right now is borderline offensive to the 20 set to the 20 something year old players who are unable to do it. He's 39 years old and was able to just pop right back into his old self, but Alcantara just absolute stellar this year vaulted himself up into, if it weren't for the fact, the only thing that's holding back Alcantara from a fantasy standpoint is that he doesn't advocate is that he doesn't strike out quite enough people is sure. the only is the literally the only question mark around him. And also the fact that he's on the Marlins, which means that he doesn't get quite as many win opportunities. But I mean, if it weren't for the, if he could strike out just a few more people, if that, ticks up even slightly more next year. We're talking about a guy who is 
I mean, am I exaggerating when I say a top three pitcher in the game? I'm not sure. He's, like he's, if, he's, if he upset K per nine to yeah. get over nine per. Oh like yeah, absolutely. Top three. Yeah, absolutely. Can I give you a fun stat real quick? I would love a fun stat. So the six highest ranking pitchers in Yahoo, I'm just going to give you their preseason ranks. Okay. 51st, 50th, 81st, 25th, 94th, 161st. That's the top six. Not a single pitcher inside of the top 20. Read off those names just so that way. Okay. I'm I'm not going to read the last name because we're going to talk about him. Deal. But Justin Verlander, 51, currently fifth. Sandy Alcantara, 50th, currently 10th. Alec Manoa, 81st, currently 12th. Julio Urias, 25th, 15th. That's the closest one. That's the closest one. Hugh Darvish, 94th, 17th. And redacted, 161st, 18th. Wow. Just nuts. Crazy. Absolutely nuts. And it just shows you, like, look, we can only we can only project so much from yeah, a fantasy thing about starters, man. It's I, we talked about it last year. That's yep. the reason why I am anti taking starters early. Yes, you are because every year there are people like this who come. Now, Urias didn't come out of nowhere, obviously. He had a fantastic season and honestly might have been the Cy Young, if not for like kind of a clunky start in April and yeah. May. Like he's been really, phenomenal really since. phenomenal since then. But that's the thing is there are always pitchers like this that you find late who make these jumps. It happens every single year. All right, well, why don't we, let's talk. We're going to move over to fantasy value, Cy Young and MVP. And let's start with the Cy Young here, since I know you're about to bring them up. Who is sure. your fantasy value Cy Young? For me, it's, Zach, it's the guy that I redacted, it's Zach Gallen, who was yep. ranked 161st. And look, he had success prior. And I think we probably overrated Gallen's mediocre 2021 season on top of the fact that I know a lot of people were concerned about where are the win chances going to come from the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks because they were awful last year and weren't very good this year, but certainly good enough to get him 12 wins, a 2.46 ERA, a 0.89 whip, which the only pitcher on this list that has a lower one is Justin Verlander at 0.85. 19 quality starts, had that unbelievable run there where mm-hmm. he didn't give up runs that didn't get talked about. We talked about and stuff that hasn't been talked about. That didn't get talked about at all. Mm-hmm. Like, And I get it. There was this middle linebacker that was hitting home runs and was about to set the record. I, I totally understand why that's a bigger story. But like Zach Gallen was an elite fantasy option last year. And I don't think – there are some other candidates here, obviously. You Darvish, another one, 94th. Uh, was great to see him pitch like the pitcher that San Diego was hoping to get. But like Zach Allen completely came out of nowhere may not be the right story. But to say that he was great value for people who took him in the middle rounds is quite the understatement. ADP 144, just an absolute steal from where you're at on that front. Um, For me, fantasy value Cy Young, welcome. I mean, Spencer Strider, undrafted in every league for obvious reasons, started in the bullpen, but 11-5 with a 2.8 ERA, a .99 whip. 202 strikeouts across 131 innings. Sure. The strikeout numbers are astronomical for him. Sixth in most strikeouts in the National League, despite pitching for many, about 60 innings less than a lot of other players who are active on this stuff. A K per nine, or excuse me, a K percentage that is higher than any year Jacob DeGrom has ever pitched. This is the, the kind of strikeout numbers that we as fantasy people absolutely 
go gaga over because this is, you just don't find them very much again. And the idea that he was undrafted, you, you yes. picked him up as like, Oh wow. He's a plucky middle reliever. Who's getting a bunch of strikeouts and a good K per nine. And suddenly he turns into a must start every single time, regardless right. of opponent type pitcher in his rookie year. Uh, I mean, the ceiling is just so high for him moving forward and you want to talk about a value. You can't get much better of a value than really a a top 20 pitcher that you did not have to draft. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind that this guy, he ended up finishing 60th. But that has to do with the fact that, one, he wasn't a starter to begin the season for yep. the Braves. And two, like the managed innings and the fact that he went on the injured list, you know, really. But like for when you had him yep. there, there's no denying that him and Gallon are the two guys. The only other guys I wanted to shout out. Tyler Anderson came absolutely mm-hmm. out of yes, nowhere to have an, an unbelievably good season. Uh, Nestor Cortez was ranked 157th, who's going to finish right around a 50th best, f- right around the 50th best pitcher. Lowest um, ERA in Yankee history since Gidry. That's I impressive. Mean, that's incredible. Tristan uh, McKenzie had an yes, outstanding six. season, um, answered a lot of questions, and I think uh, will be a much higher drafted player next year I than hope he so. was. Um, Tony yeah, Gonsolin, he hits yeah. the IL, but wow, I mean, a, an yeah. ERA sub 2-5 and, and just wins on top of wins when you're talking about that W category. Sure. Um, some really great value picks out there and really just shows, like you said before, if you are patient when it comes to uh, starting pitching, if you're not someone who goes up there and grabs it super early, you yeah. can be just fine. You can yeah, be absolutely, absolutely just fine. Let's talk about your fantasy value MVP. Yeah, so this was close. There's a lot of guys who were drafted in, you know, that 120th to 150th mm-hmm. range who ended up being close to top 20 players, but literally someone who was a top 20 player this season was Dansby Swanson. And mm-hmm. the reason for Dansby Swanson's drop really was the depth of shortstop. There was no question yep. about that, but also just like he'd never put it together for a full season. And there were some ups and downs a little bit this year, but mm-hmm. it all added up to a 279 average, 25 homers, 18 stolen bases, which yeah. was really big. And then driving in 96 runs in that loaded Atlanta lineup. Um, all due respect to some other names, but like if you would have told me that Dansby Swanson would be a top 20 player, I, there's no way in heck I would believe you. Or I'd wonder, okay, there's only like 40 players playing baseball yeah. anymore. So wow, that seems like a weird sport now. Um, but yeah, Dansby Swanson for me, uh, deserving of that uh, most valuable MVP in terms of where he was drafted in 2022. On top of that, think about where he is considering he had a garbage first month. An absolute yeah, yeah, garbage that's a first great month. He was point. dropped. He was in, in many leagues, he was yeah. dropped. You, you spent a mid-round pick on him. He came out of the gate flat, and you were just like, okay, move on. I was in multiple leagues where he was dropped, and wow, sure. what a phenomenal pickup that was for whoever was able to grab him. Um, truly a top 20 player this year. You just wanted to see the consistency from him, and really from about June 1 onward, you saw everything you wanted to see. And by the way, we we talk about Judge going into a contract. Here. I was just going to say. Right. <laughs> way to hit it, Dansby, yeah. because he is a free agent at the end of the season. And wow, did you want to talk about someone who might have upped their contract value like 75 to 100 million? Dansby Swanson might have been one of those guys. And you know, there's the one thing I was feeling. I feel great for Dansby Swanson that he's going to get the bag. There's no question Paid. about it. And I'm always happy. Yes. 
It's not the best year, however, to be a shortstop free agent. No, it's not. Because there are some guys a few that are going to get paid. However, there were some guys who were going to get paid last year. We were kind of wondering, is Javier Baez going to be the guy who has to settle? Javier Baez didn't have to settle for jack crap, and he will absolutely. Dansby Swanson from somebody. Kind of wonder if it's my Seattle Mariners. Uh, gonna get. I the would love that. I sure. would love that spot. Although that but would move your. That would move your. Uh, my son goes to second Davey base, and, and I think that's actually where he should be playing. Um, if you take a look at the metrics, uh, JP Crawford is in the bottom two percentile in outs above average. Oh, that. I'm not. I'm no mathematician, but that's not good. <laughs> that's not great. But and defense at second base is going to matter an awful lot next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, who's your? Who's your? Uh, uh, Look, last year might have been last year. Cedric Mullins might have been the maybe the go to 30 30 player for the Orioles, who was just an absolute value steal. Um, his teammate, Anthony Santander, yeah. welcome, like also phenomenal. Look, 243 average, but that's a little misleading because of A, his slugging percentage, and B, just the very poor start they got to the year. But for if you were looking for power, yeah, that was something you did not expect from Anthony Santander. ADP four hundred one, so way off of draft boards. But sure. ends the season, or I shouldn't say ends the season, but currently with a game left, thirty three home runs, eighty nine RBIs, and seventy six runs. You expected absolutely none of that from him. I mean, you ex- you expected thirty percent of it, forty percent sure. of it, maybe right. on a good year. No, thirty three and eighty nine. This is going to be a very interesting player when we talk about 2023 drafts in the sense of like, how do you value this really outlier season in comparison to the rest of his career, but a special season for him and anybody who was able to grab him, like I said, 401 ADP means that you got him for free. So that means he was nothing but just free value for, for your team for the remainder of the year. Um, Just an absolute value MVP for me. And I think you can't ignore the fact of how much he did in September. Like from September 1st on, he hit 10 home runs and he had a strike there. I would just happen to be covering every single one of these games where he hit multiple home runs in three or four games. And if you were one of those people who was playing in the postseason at that point, um, Mm -hmm. your league may be playing a little bit too late. But uh, I would say that's awfully impressive. And it's never been a question of talent with him. Like when the Orioles took him with the rule five pick, it was okay. This guy can really hit, but where the hell is he going to play? play. Yeah. But now I think he is a legitimate middle of the order option. And in, for 2023, the Orioles lineup is going to be good. I, I, I don't want to get too excited, yeah, but it yeah, should be. It it should sh- be. They are really, really talented. So hitting sixth in that lineup means a lot. It's a lot better than, hitting six for the 2019 or 2020 Orioles or 2021 Orioles even. But yeah, Santander was great. Uh, I also just have to shout out my sweet, sweet Julio, who was 163rd ranked, yeah. ended up being a top 20 player. Might have been a top 10 player if not for injuries. Julio who? Uh, Julio Alcandera. <laughs> Al- uh, no, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, just my like, God. Yeah, what, a, just, what, a, what an unbelievable steal he was. Yeah. And again, somebody who came out of the gate a little slow was dropped in multiple yep. leagues because yeah. he did not have a very strong start. Yeah. And again, if you held on to him, you were rewarded. Sure if were. You were. If you dropped him and somebody else grabbed him, they were rewarded handsomely. <laughs> yes. for and I can't blame you for dropping someone. No, like it was that a either. bad like, start. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, and we can kind of talk about this a little bit when we get into rookies, the – 
overwhelming majority of rookies have struggled in baseball lately. Yes. Until this year. <laughs> so the but fact is, it's not, works, yeah. it totally, it was totally understandable and justifiable to be like, look, I just don't know how much longer I can carry him with so many other quality outfielders. But those of you who are patient were rewarded uh, handsomely. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a player you expect to rebound next year after a poor year this year. Sure. Um, I'll start off with this one. I had a two person here, Nick Castellanos and Freddie Peralta from a hitting and pitching standpoint. Look, Freddie Peralta was putting up strikeout numbers, eye popping strikeout numbers in 2021 injuries mm-hmm. really derailed him this year and never really got a rhythm, never really got going, but I am all aboard the Freddie Peralta train for 2023. I am rooting that his value gets depleted a little bit more. Come on, knock him down backwards. <laughs> please, please doubt him. Because what I saw last year was a special pitcher, and those strikeout numbers were just so gaudy. Sure. I will happily take him in 2023 drafts. And also Nick Castellanos, again, a player who maybe is, has some of the most boring 30 and 85 <laughs> seasons yeah. of all time. Like, you just you, you don't even blink an eye to him anymore. This year was a down year, but he will still be with the Phillies next year. He will still be in the heart of a of a fat lineup, a meaty lineup, so to speak, with so many of those uh, big boys hitting in the middle of it. Um, there should only be up. There should only be upside for him moving forward if he can stay healthy. I expect a huge bounce back year for him next year um, from someone who really didn't live up to expectations in 2022. Yeah, I think those are both great calls. Um, you know, Castellanos, I think, had some bad Babbitt luck. And yeah, Peralta, yeah. the injury stuff, I would expect him. Yep. Now, with pitchers, injury stuff can be um, a little different. I have to be honest with you. I was just a little distracted as I was looking through Twitter. President Biden just tweeted congratulations to Aaron Judge. So that's pretty uh, pretty fun when the president is tweeting congratulations for you doing cool. stuff. Yeah. Um, so for me, mine is Spencer Torkelson. And the big mm-hmm. thing for me is – there are a lot of metrics here to like with Spencer Torkelson. His patience at the plate was outstanding. Um, you take a look at some of the numbers in terms of like hard hit percentages and completely crazy. He just didn't drive the baseball. And here's what uh, here's a figure that uh, Uncle Fufu, aka Chris Crawford, uh, my niece has called me Uncle Fufu. It's very cute um, until you actually get called Uncle Fufu. Um, he has two thirds of his extra space hits are doubles. So he has 16 doubles, seven homers. He homered today mm-hmm. uh, and one triple. What that tells me is there's a lot of what it normally happens is doubles turns to dingers as you get yeah. deeper into the league. And sure. That's not a lot of extra base hits, but it sounds to more to me like he should have been around a 15 homer player this year. Okay. than the guy who hit seven home runs, and he's just too talented. He is just mm-hmm. way too talented of a dude. And like I said, uh, as good as some of these other rookies are, the majority of rookies are going to struggle. And you have to keep in mind, too, how little experience Spencer Torkelson had. This was a guy who was the first pick in 2020 yeah, yeah. getting up they to really the major league. They really and, ran and, through the farm. Yeah. And with no minor league play to start the year. And good for the Tigers that they mm-hmm. gave him that opportunity. I love seeing that. But he just wasn't quite ready and wasn't driving the baseball. Anybody who looks at Spencer Torkelson, not even just sees him swing, <laughs> looks at the human being Spencer Torkelson yeah. should know, okay, if you're a professional baseball player, you have plenty of pop. I expect mm-hmm. Spencer Torkelson to be much better. And that is something, again, kids, 
uh, take a look at those double numbers and uh, compared to Homer numbers. And if they are, you know, a guy who has had above average power grades or something like that, be prepared for the breakout season the next year because it often translates. Yeah, especially for young guys who are still growing into their yeah. their major league profile. Or yes, just getting exactly. confident swinging the yep. bat hard at pitches down the middle of the plate. There are a lot of guys who just, you know, uh, aren't quite ready to completely unleash. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw some of that from Spencer Enochs Torkelson, which is a very, very funny middle name. Wait, is that really his middle name? E-N-O-C-H-S. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It could be Enox, but uh, yeah, that's his middle name. Either way, I don't know how to pronounce it. And either way, I would not <laughs> have. Beautiful. You could have given me 4,000 guesses. <laughs> close to that. Uh, give me a player you expect to regress in 2023 after a great year this year. It's another first baseman, and I don't like this because I've been a fan of this guy for a while. It's Nathaniel Lowe. And look, I'm not saying Nathaniel Lowe is going to completely go down the you-know-what hole. I just don't think we're going to see anywhere close to the numbers. Now, for those of you who rostered him, you have to be thrilled for a guy who hit 327 home runs and 849 OPS. Mm -hmm. I think he's closer to the player that we saw in his past that is like, right around a 780 to 800 OPS with a decent average, a good on-base percentage. Now, look, I will say this. One of the things for Nathaniel Lowe with that he figured out was, for most hitters, more patience is better. Yeah, I think Nathaniel Lowe figured out, I've got to be more assertive because mm-hmm. his walk number is way down from last year. He walked mm-hmm. 80 times in 157 games mm-hmm. last year. He's only walked 46 times. But his OPS is nearly 100 points, or excuse me, it's more like 70 or 80 points higher. That's still a massive difference and an yeah. OPS plus of 141. I still think he'll be close to a first baseman one, but like he's not, to me, this middle-of-the-order type of bat that he was for most of 2022. There's a good handful of first basemen uh, and another handful probably to go along with it that I'm probably drafting above him. I think that's completely fair. Um, again, you live up to a, you have a great season. We're all for that, but I, I agree with you. I don't really see a lot of the, the future projections from him. Yes. Like I just, I, I, especially from a relatively deep first base crop, like it just, I know that he is someone who I think is going to be overvalued going into drafts next year. Sure. And I'm probably more than willing to let other people in my league go draft him. Speaking of someone who. I am probably more than happy letting other people in my league go draft. We mentioned him a little bit before. Framber Valdez has had a special year, like yeah. no question about it. 16 and 6 with a 284 ERA, 1.16 whip, 184 Ks across 196 in the third innings, 25 straight quality starts. That is a major league record that we, again, probably did not talk about it nearly enough, and right. we'll probably never see it ever again. But that being said, the metric numbers aren't particularly great. No. 16th percentile on average exit velocity, 18th percentile on hard hit percentage, um, 48th percentile in K percentage and whiff percentage, 44th percentile in walk percentage. Like the, the numbers aren't exactly jumping out at me from the metric standpoint. And while he continues to do what you could ask from a pitcher, does not give up pitch a six innings, does not give up more than three runs. And again, we know four, five ERA. We know all of that stuff. But yeah. again, from if, if you're asking for a pitcher that I can go out there and lock in every single game, regardless of the opponent, and that's what they're going to give me, I'm more than happy with that. But do I think he could do this again next year? If those are the 
StatCast metrics that are going to go behind him. Right. I got to assume that someone in my league is going to be like, hey, he was so good last year. I'm going to grab him early, and I am probably going to be just fine letting someone go grab. I just can't imagine that he doubles up this year the way that he did, uh, or next year that he did this year. A couple other names out there. Brandon Drury, a special year this year, but again, I can't imagine. He's playing like a top 100 player. I won't draft him inside the top 100 next year. No. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, I don't know where he's going to be next year. He has not that at the end of this year. Um, the no shift rule could make, could, could change this conversation It'll a little bit, but be very interesting. It could be very interesting for players specifically like him, but he's had 35 home runs this year. Going to be close to hundred RBIs. Like doing everything that you could want. I just don't mm-hmm. see him. Um, if he signs with the Yankees next year, maybe. But if he goes to another team that doesn't have quite as favorable of a lineup around him and a short right field porch, I'm not quite sure if I'm willing to draft him as high as other people are. Both of those guys would be ones that I'd probably fade going into 2023 drafts. Yeah, that all makes sense. Real quick on Valdez. Yeah, yeah. Valdez to me is like the definition of a pitcher that I love in real life and yes. not in love with. I have fantasy. that as my notes. I have one because, of those. That's my note. Because look, he does limit hard contact extremely well in terms of avoiding home runs. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's a weird thing here because his hard hit percentage is in the 18th, but his expected batting average is in the 59th percentile, which is yeah. well above average, and expected slugging is in the 81st percentile, and he avoids barrels. And it's just that type of guy that you just kind of expect a lot of weak fly balls hit to the left field and center field uh, that you're just going to see over and over again. And that's fine, and he's mm-hmm. a guy I'd love to stream against the bad lineups, but there are risks, and we kind of saw him like his last couple of starts. Yeah, That's, last two starts have been those a are the kind of like, and again, very small sample size, especially for a pitcher who set a very impressive record. I think, especially in today's day, day and age, and yeah, that curveball is still going to be a pitch that gives hitters an awful lot of trouble. But he just seems to me to be that definition of the guy that you want in real life. You kind of pass on a little bit in fantasy. Yeah, no, if I'm going into a postseason game, this is the type of guy I want. But if this is the guy I'm trying to draft full season, like I'm sure. not sure. I'm I'm not sure I'm willing to to pay the price that other people might. Yes. Let's end the show with talking a little rookies here. Because obviously, you being our our prospect guru, we gotta we gotta do a little recap here. Let's talk about the 2020 rookie class and let's look forward to the 2023 rookie class a little bit. So obviously in the 2020 class, a special year. Julio Rodriguez sure. leading the line. I mean no one truly proved themselves to be more of a superstar from this rookie class than Julio Rodriguez. And that contract with all of its weirdness involved only shows yeah. exactly sure. how special a player he is. But outside of him, a really special year, Michael Harris, the second who really stormed on the second, both offensively and defensively for the Braves. We already mentioned Spencer Strider also, also for the Braves who, again, everything I just said before for overall baseball, uh, he led them, rookies and just about everything else on the mound. Uh, Bobby Witt, Hunter Green, Stephen Kwan, Adley yeah. Rushman, O'Neill Cruz. Like this was a really special year from rookies. And obviously the proficiency for all of them varies um, between and each one kind of came into their own at different times and all the rest. But of all of those names that I mentioned, is there any one of them that you're particularly fading for next year? Because I'll be honest with you, I think as I'm looking for all of those names, I'm expecting a step up really from all of them into 2023 drafts. I guess the only one I would be 
fading is, and it's going to depend on ADP for all of these guys. Sure, of course. But maybe fading Strider a little bit just because of the fact that he did have the injury this year. And I do mm-hmm. wonder if Atlanta is going to be really careful with him and really mm-hmm. manage the innings. But certainly a guy I want, if he's available in, in the middle rounds, I'll take him over uh, like a guy like Framber Valdez, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Like, give me the ability to miss bats. Give me the seal. All of these yeah. guys, I think, are going to be really special. And just real quick, this 2023 class has a chance to be real good as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll. Uh, I think Anthony Volpe is going to get a chance to play early. Jordan Walker. Um, Francisco Alvarez. Francisco Alvarez, who, you know, is getting a chance to play now. is really not looked apart, but you can't base anything on a small Cup sample. Cup of coffee. Yep. And a pressure, pressure situation. Oh, yeah. How about uh, getting, how about getting called up and being into, like, great, here's a yeah. three game set against the Braves yes. for the East. Like, yes. Okay, guy. But yeah, I, all of, Brent Beatty is going to be uh, a guy I think who still has uh-huh. rookie eligibility. That's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be a good rookie class. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, I think, is the pitcher yep. that you're really going to. And again, some of that is going to have to do with health stuff as well. But there are a lot of guys still. In fact, I'm just looking at my list right now. My top six guys that I have for fantasy next year all have are either playing in the majors right now in September or have ETAs of 2023. So yep. that is it's going to be another good year. But don't expect anything like this year. Like this was a special, special rookie class. But I think that just about finished. Oh, no, 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 no. What no, we got? We got, we got two things to do. First got of all, two more things to do. What we we have to do our favorite moments of 2020. Oh, oh, well, well. I, I'm Excuse just, me, I'm just, of course. I, I, this could be a three hour show. We're doing. Oh, I mean, I'm happy to do it if you because, want. Because look, you got your Aaron Judge that you can talk about. Oh, I got my Aaron Judge. That's, I, I, well, how much more favorite moments for the season can I possibly have? I got 60, 61, and 62, and yes. I will go to sleep soundly with those. So the main reason I'm doing this is because I have to say thank you to my buddy, Jordan Schusterman of Suspended Family Barbecue. Yep. Because he called me up on Thursday and said, hey, Chris, do you want to come to the game on Friday? And I said, yes. And I have to thank two people. And I already, for those of you who follow our Molly Watt Monday show, I appreciate you. And you're going to hear me do the same thing. I have to thank Jordan Schusterman for getting me that ticket. And I have to thank Jordan Lyles of the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> and you might be wondering why I'm thanking Jordan Lyles of the Baltimore Orioles. Well, what he did was dominate your Yankees on Friday, Colin. That he did. And what it did was it made Cal Rally big dumper. Now, look, it would have been cool to just be in the stadium for the clinching moment. But what that game did by them winning was that actually made that the clinching game. Yeah. That home run that went off the window was the clinching moment. And it was so cool. Talk, to me, talk so, to me about that feeling. Cause I thought so, about you. I thought about uh, you in that moment, as I watched dude, that home run, and I went like the good people of North of oh, the Pacific Northwest, the crowd, every single yeah. second of what's occurring right now. I'm sure you've all seen the replays of it and how loud the crowd gets. And look, oh. people can say whatever they want. Seattle, when Seattle is behind something, I don't think there is much louder of a – I mean, you know about the Seahawks and how loud that stadium can sure, get. Sure. But, like, see, the Seattle Mariners, when they're at their best, like – and they there's a reason to get behind them, there's nothing quite like it. Like, it is just – like, I'm sorry, Colin, you, were, you know, 1995, which is – I think you were, like, three years old or whatever when that happened, or maybe Five, younger. Maybe. Yes. Um, 
But you've probably seen that double and how loud that stadium oh, gets yeah. from Edgar Martinez. Like, there's nothing quite like it. But like sitting there, and do you for those of you who go look at uh, Jordan's video, you can see my arms going to hug him for just a brief <laughs> second in the video, which has been retweeted by like every media thing. So everyone knows how fat my arms are. That's just great. Um, but I mean, that was special. But the specialist thing was walking back to my hotel room because I got a hotel room because I didn't want to have to drive back the hour. Right. And getting to call my grandma. Yep. And talk to her about that moment, man. 21 years of waiting for this, man. Like, do they did they back into the playoffs? Yes. Did it take them creating new rules to get into the postseason? Yeah. But how big that moment was and just seeing that crowd and hearing my grandma's voice and how excited she was to get to watch postseason baseball. It it was it was worth the 21 years, man. It was just such a cool moment. Chris, I thought about you the entire time as I <laughs> watched you, that. Thing. I thought about your grandmother the entire time. I was so happy for both of you on that front. <laughs> sure. I didn't even know you were at the game until the next day. But yeah. I was so happy for both of you at that front and, and just everyone in the Northwest. Just uh, the longest postseason drought in all four major sports and to finally take that home. I don't care if it was backdoor. I don't care if it was for an extra wild card spot. It all counts the exact same. It all same. counts the same. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, look, I dare I dare someone to look into the face of a true Seattle Mariners yeah, fan. Say, yeah, you should have really been there. I, I, and look, I dare you. Guess what? You know how many of these teams make the playoffs in 1961 or something like that? Uh, I believe two. So two. every everybody has some sort of asterisk that you can put. Like there's yeah. just like the Houston Colt 45s would not be making the playoffs this year because of exactly. stuff that's going on. So there's always going to be somebody who complains about stuff like that, and I don't love it. I don't love that 40% of teams make the playoffs, but I love the fact that the Seattle Mariners made the playoffs for my grandma, and you can never take that away from me. Look, we are here not for wins and losses. We are here for the moments that yes. care, that matter to us. Amen. Me watching 61-62 for Judge mattered yeah. a lot to me. You sure. guys making the postseason for the first time mattered a lot to me. For the good yep. people of St. Louis and their Provel cheese watching yeah. – Albert Pujols do Albert Pujols 2003 thing Unbelievable. was everything that matters. And that's the stuff that keeps us coming back. That is the stuff that keeps us going. So um, for everyone out there who had that moment one way or the other this season, whether it's a personal individual moments, but just between you and friends and family, or whether that is the type of moments that we're talking about right now, those are the things that keep you going. Those are the things that make this sport special. And that's the reason why you and I are here right now, 30 plus years after we were born, getting ready to continuing to get choked up over uh, grown men hitting a baseball really far. And that stuff, that stuff is what we're here for. And then the second thing we got to talk about, it's kind of sad. This is our last show of the year, buddy. It is. We will have, we will have a postseason preview show on Thursday right here with me, Chris, DJ, and Drew. But after that, that will be, uh, at least a uh, at least a temporary sayonara for me on this podcast. I know Chris, DJ, and Drew will be doing a postseason show throughout the postseason, but um, for episode number one hundred for you and I, this has yeah. been one hell of a run, and well, um, I hope that we get to bring it back again come well, uh, spring training. But either way, a hundred episodes between you and I, it's it's bittersweet to have that 
milestone at the exact same time as sure. potentially our last episode. But yeah. um, a thank you not only to you, Chris, for everything that you've done, but a thank you to literally everyone who has listened to us for more than 30 seconds. Yeah. We could not genuinely appreciate you guys for being there as much as you have been for the comments that you've written for the, the DMS that you've sent on Twitter for sure. everything. Um, it's, it's really special and it's really a, a really a thank you at the end of this, at the end of this regular season, a thank you guys for, for uh, sticking with us. And hopefully we gave you some fantasy advice that made you uh, very successful in your league and, uh, and made you chestnuts come back. here and there. Yeah. yeah uh, eventually. Yeah. And like I said, Colin, we'll talk on, on Thursday, but it's been a great season. Um, it was, uh, your everything is appreciated. Like the, uh, we're going to, we're talking about this, like we're not going to be back in a couple of months or something <laughs> like that. And we'll have probably have some emergency podcast that we have to talk about. Yeah. Aaron judge signing with Philadelphia. Boy, how Don't even that say that word. We're having a nice <laughs> moment right now, Christopher. Don't even say such a terrible thing. Yeah. So, well, fine. Also, we'll could you that. imagine him in a Philadelphia outfield? Oh like they, like they God. need any more meat out there. It's already, <laughs> it's already thickest outfield out oh, there. My like they gosh. need a, they need a middle linebacker out there. That's all. That <laughs> yeah. It's somebody to rush the passer to go along with those <laughs> other two guys. But yeah, it's been an absolute blast, my friend, and I'm looking forward to Thursday, but uh, I'm looking more, even more forward to uh, whenever we get back to doing what we do. Absolutely. But that now officially just about finishes up our show for today. If you enjoyed the show, then make sure you're subscribed or ever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode in the future. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Love those five stars. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Live, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. As I mentioned before, be sure to check back in Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for a special playoff preview show with the whole game. Chris, DJ, Drew, and I will be there. So make sure you tune in and get fully prepped for the postseason. So until then, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for the listen. Dom Smith, 2023 Comeback Player of the Year. Love it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.